DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz Bowler. Good morning. Hello, you two. How are you? Uh, we're good. How are you? Everyone's had their huh? lives limited, but you've had your life really limited. Yeah, yeah. Things are, you know, I've kind of gone through the the watch period. Uh, hard to believe it was uh, two weeks uh, last night. You know, we were getting ready to try to find a way to fly out of Oklahoma City uh, uh, two weeks ago today. Unreal. I mean, it feels like maybe two months, but but actually two weeks ago. And so about this time, in fact, I just got the word I was negative. So that's a lot. Of, you know, a lot of things have happened in, in two weeks in two weeks time. So uh, I'm hoping everyone is uh, is feeling feeling good and staying safe because it's still uh, going to take some time for this thing to peak and flatten out. So Mark Cuban came out and said that he would take, if you gave him the over-under on June 1st, he would take the under, and he's talking about May. Uh, wow. That's a little optimistic? Well, I mean, when you read the headlines and understand what's going on in a couple of uh, you know areas of our country, New York in particular, I don't know if that can happen, PK. I mean, you know, I think everyone wants to play, but also it has to be a smart move. So, um you know, I think right now that's a little optimistic uh, unless things change drastically. And like I said, as we all hear of the talking of the, the curve, the peak, when will that peak out and start to flatten out? But, man, what I'm reading this morning, you know, coronavirus patients start to overwhelm hospitals. That's not a good thing uh, when, you th- when you're thinking about playing basketball. But I try to stay positive. I want to play, but it has to be, of course, under the right circumstances for everybody. So have you had any communication when, I mean, this is just unprecedented as everything's shutting down like this and it's going to go on for so long. I I don't know how much you have with people, you know, not only players, but the people around the team. What, What are people doing to fill time? I think uh, they are spending a lot of time with family. Uh, for Joe Ingles, he's drinking probably gallons of coffee on a daily basis, um, having a good time with his kids and, and Renee. Um, you know, I haven't really been in contact. Just on social media, like all of us, you know, once in a while we get a, a little peek into their private lives. But haven't heard any updates from Rudy. I haven't heard any updates from Donovan in, uh, what, a week's time or so. Uh, just still hoping those guys are on the road to recovery. What did I see last night that uh, um, Detroit's player um, came out or his agent indicated, Christian Wood um, indicated that he was had fully recovered. Um, so that's great news that uh, that he had uh, the, his stint is has come and gone. So that's that's great news to hear he's on, on his way back to health. So you know, and I think everybody's been quiet, guys. I'll be honest. Listening to radio, what you guys do, and the rest of the team helps me stay in contact with what's going on. And you guys are doing a, a marvelous job just to be on the air first and foremost, and entertaining and inform and informing. I, I listen to radio a lot. Uh, I still get out and take a drive. I don't think that's any you know anything with that. I like to just get out and see the view. And now it snowed a couple inches at my house and. Maybe I'll go out and throw a shovel around. That's what I'm feeling like. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't, I don't want to come to your house, DK. Though I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't have that good of legs or shoulders left anymore. So, 
I got some ladies that live next door, and I saw this morning that the neighbor was shoveling their sidewalk and driveway, and I'm thinking, hey, buddy, keep coming. But he stops right at the property line. <laughs> Don't stop there, pal. I know. Wave at him. Said, yeah, right on here, right over here. No, we got a guy in our neighborhood who uh, likes to, uh, he has a, a way of, you know, doing a lot of good things for people, but I don't see him out this morning, so I may have to do it myself. So we're celebrating the, what is it, DJ, the 58th birthday of John Stockton. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had this discussion in the past, but where, Craig, do you put John pound for pound on the list of all-time point guards? (laughs) Thank you, PK. You know, I just believe pound for pound, the guy undersized but a hard that, you know, is bigger than, than life itself in the sense of the way that he played the game, passion, took on bigger opponents. The guy was a baller. He was uh, mentally as tough as they come. Uh, he was a very Sloan-like personality where he would, you know, if he lost an arm, I know this is overplaying it, but my mindset is the guy would just keep playing. I mean, we know... DK, DJ, you guys covered stock in his playing days. We know he was hurt on multiple occasions, but continued to play on and, and, and just play at the highest of levels. Um, I think the shot against Houston also resonates into his story that will always live in jazz lore. Carl won MVPs, but Stockton owns the shot that really changed the franchise. So I equate that into just clutch uh, taking on the role of when it was needed, he he delivered. And I think that's where you put John Stockton. I put him at, at the highest of levels, uno, number one oh. And I think he's just a, a, a terrific player. And I was looking back at a video the other day when, remember when he, uh, he had B, B. Russ is in town and they went back together and uh, recreated the shot over at the practice facility, and uh, he knocked down the three. So, just a different breed, guys. That's just the way. And maybe again, I'm I'm biased because I covered him from uh, nearly start to finish. But wow, what a player! I really would like to see him play the way the game is played today. You know, when he played, there were people who wanted him to shoot more. But in an area where there's an era where there's more spacing, in the NBA Finals, he hit a three that had to be at least six or seven feet behind the arc. You know, and nobody did that then. And now Steph Curry does it, and other guys do it too. I think Steph's probably done more of it, so people can visualize that a little easier. You know, and it just. It's just a different game and asked to play a different way. PK always talks about how, well, the stars would adapt. You know, the, the elite, the best of the best would adapt to however the game was played 10 or 20 or 30 years later. You know, Jordan or Russell or whoever. And I think that goes down a ways. You know, whoever the top 5 or 10% of the players are at a time would find a way to adapt. What would he look like in a league that was all threes and layups? Well, I think he would adapt. I really do. You know, he was on our air early this season, uh, and I tell you, he's changed. He's mellowed, man. He, ah, sure, I'll come up and talk to you. And, you know, gave us a little uh, insight and a little play-by-play, and, I mean, it was fun. It was fun seeing John in a relaxed state that he really is enjoying life and understands, I think, his impact on the game. But I asked him that exact question, and I think he, he said, yeah, I would adjust. I have to uh, if you're going to play at this level at this time in this league. And, you know, then I, I wondered later, 
how that would impact Malone because stocked in the Malone as hot rod coined uh, is is something again in jazz lore that just echoes right on a on a, on a nightly basis, and it will always be stocked in the Malone, stocked in the Malone. I wonder though, had he shot the ball more, what his assist totals would be, and how that would impact Carl's game. I, that's a fascinating discussion. I just think that he would have been able to pull the trigger more. Uh, Jerry would have had to have adjusted his coaching style, too, because that really wasn't – you talked to Hornacek. Uh, three ball just wasn't in the in, in the wheelhouse of what Jerry wanted to do. So that would change, I think, some things as well. But coaches adapt, players adapt, and I think Stockton would have adapted as well. And probably Carl, uh, as he developed that baseline jumper, guys probably would have been able to stretch the floor, right? and take his shot outside as well. So I think both actually would have been able to adapt their game to what what is going on in today's world. Yeah, I think he would have fewer assists but way more points. And in the final yeah. analysis, they would have had a ton of wins, which is ultimately what you're playing for, no matter what method you use to get there is to win the game. And, and the reason, you know, and we have some fun with it, because obviously you and Gordon for years, it seems like it was a 10-year argument going back and forth in your pound for pound and that and it was always fun. I, I won't let i won't yeah. let it die pk it's still there and, and good for you and and continue to to stay close to what you believe in i've got no problem with that but the reason why i brought that up besides having fun with it is you name some of the characteristics i think sloan like in our community just conjures up the greatest form of respect, and that's what I feel about Jerry Sloan. When you say Sloan-like, it's like, my gosh, I stand up and I am at attention because Sloan-like just, I cannot use a more, uh, a better form of praise than Sloan-like. Yeah. I want to know from you, since you're on it day-to-day, what you see in Donovan Mitchell that you could parallel to John Stockton. Oh my gosh! There's lots, in my opinion. There's a lot of things. Sponge uh, the the way that he uh, understands the game first and foremost, and the, you know we always say basketball IQ, but it's it's true, PK. It's the understanding of what his other teammates are going to do and where they will be. It's the sixth sense ability, as I like to always say, and now I like to have fun with that. Uh, but that's where I see a similarity because both are just incredibly smart about not only their game, PK, but where their teammates will be, should be, and his anticipation uh, of what the play and how it will develop. I think Stockton was always that far ahead of everyone else when he played. His anticipation was better than most. I think, I think that uh, Donovan has shown that here in his early three years of basketball, his willingness to be coached would be number two. With Stockton always acquiesced to who? Jerry Sloan. He always glanced back. He knew the play. He knew. He knew three down. You know, he knew that, but he always had the respect. And that's his connection with Quinn Snyder. So those are just a couple of examples that come to my mind first and foremost. And the fact that he's not afraid third PK to take big shots and big and big moments. And that says a lot for a young 23-year-old as Stockton became even more confident in his play as time went on. Think about what Donovan could be or should be in five to six years down the road and his ability just to, to have the confidence to take over games. So those are just three things that come to mind 
uh, Stockton, of course, has his own style and has his own place uh, in, in basketball history, top 50 Hall of Famer. But Donovan has some characteristics that are really interesting to watch, and I think that's something that we continue to watch as he grows as a, as a person and as a player. Hey, Bowler, I want to bring it back before I let you go to the current day and just kind of get your reaction to this. You know, the, the Jazz-Pistons game that was played right before the uh, everything came to a, a stop, Yahoo right. had a story last night. It's being picked up by other people this morning, but I think Yahoo had it first. I'm going to read it to you here, just the, the start of it. A camera operator who shot footage inside the Utah Jazz locker room after a March 7 game in Detroit is in a medically induced coma after being diagnosed with COVID-19, his friend said. The game was played just four days before the NBA suspended operations because of the coronavirus Mm -hmm. pandemic. The man who is in his 50s has worked for years as part of the broadcast crews for NBA games at Little Caesars Arena, according to friends. That included the Jazz Piston game, where part of his assignment, according to coworkers, was filming post-game locker room interviews for the broadcast feed that went back to Utah. Goes on, there's privacy concerns they're not identifying. But that means at least four people we know of who were involved with putting that game on, not even taking it out to you know people who are attending as fans or that, have tested positive. And number one, I think it underlines why the league needed to stop the games. And right. two, you wonder how many more people there were. And obviously three of the four people now we know about were in the Jazz locker room with two players in that. Just kind of your reaction when you hear that and, and knowing that you interact with crew members all the time. Oh, uh, you know, all the time. I mean, it, it just, you know, you reading that story, i got to be totally honest. Uh, I, I'm still having issues of just, you know, getting some pops of chills and a little bit of like, wow, anxiety. I mean, I think that's just normal for all of us, and I hope people understand that. When you hear stories like this and headlines, sometimes I have to step back for a while and just let it go. But being so close to it in Oklahoma City, it's disturbing to hear, even as we turn the clock back to Detroit. Um, you know, I did not go in the locker room that night, and I usually do uh, road and home. Um, and that that is that shows you proximity that the uh, – the doctors, the officials are talking about the proximity rule, I think, comes really into play even more so hearing that story about space. You know what locker rooms are like, guys. It's it's crowded in most cases, and you don't stand six feet away from one another. You're trying to grab a story and get in your microphone into, into a player's uh, area and, and get get what, what's going on. So, um, you know, my best to, to the camera operator, but I think it's another lesson of uh, just how serious the situation is and to make sure, you know, you, you give space to people right now. And I think the, the officials and the experts have proven that that six-foot rule is pretty important. And uh, I just hope that better news is ahead, guys. I really do. And you got to stay positive. I'm trying to do that. And I think Jazz Nation, I hope you feel the same way. And, you know, we, you know what I thought, too, guys? We, we get away from – some of the struggles of the world and sports is such the release. And this is the first time in in my lifetime that sports has been taken away. uh, That is our release from just our daily, you know, worries of, of, of the world. So it really kind of doubles down somewhat. And I, uh, I'm just saying, stay, stay the course. And I know we'll be back. I know the jazz and the NBA will be back. May not be as soon as we hope, but I I know we'll play and, and hopefully sooner than later. Um, and that's uh, that's kind of the way I'm living my life right now. A little uh, melancholy at times, but I think we're all in that. And we have to, you know, just 
you know, make sure as friends, you guys are working together every day, which is great. And it's good to see people. Um, I, I wish I had uh, more hobbies than just watching sports and Andy Griffith, but I'm, I'm working on reading more <laughs> and obviously hanging out with a family at this time. Cause I'm usually right now, if I'm looking at my calendar, uh, we'd be in Dallas for a game tonight against the Mavericks. Um, then a Saturday home game against the Hawks. I'm kind of in that basketball mode, and when you just when the train stops so fast, which it did two weeks ago, uh, you just have to make some really big adjustments in your life, and that's what I continue to do. So, and by the way, happy birthday to Stockton, and happy birthday to my mom today. She won't tell, she won't let me tell you how old she is. But then, don't forget, Sloan turned 78 on Saturday. PK Sloan, the Mister, the Jerry Sloan, will be 78 on Saturday. Bowler, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for the Andy Griffith shout out. And <laughs> nip it, nip it in the bud, as Barney Fife would say. Way to go, PK. Go. Yeah. Yeah. See, that makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think about it. We just let, hey, who feels good out there now listening, right? Yeah, I, guys. I love the episode where Barney screwed up and Andy came in and saved him from embarrassment and made everything right. You remember that episode? Episode? I really love that one. That's every episode. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barney screwed up. Said nip it in the bud. And yeah. Was that the one where Aunt B? Wait, say, was that the one where Aunt B was a little cranky? Yeah, a little cranky that one time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. And then he come in there and say, Barn. It's going to be okay, Barn. <laughs> and then Opie'd come in and have a problem, and Andy would solve it. <laughs> yep, yep, those are the good old days. All right, Bowlers, stay tuned. Coming up in about 15 minutes, uh, we're going to find out how many gallons of coffee Joe Ingles has had yeah, in the last Joe, 30 minutes. Tell Joe I miss uh, his snarl. And by the way, can I just do a plug for Joe? Tonight on AT&T Sportsnet, headband Joe game. Will be replayed, oh, and uh, Thurl and I and, and Glock are going to break it down uh, this afternoon, and then it'll be aired tonight. But Headband Joe will be relived tonight. Thanks, Buller. See you soon.